Hello and welcome to Audio Nautic. My name is Curtis. And I'm Sun Warper. What's going on, man? Oh, what's been going on? What's been going on? Well, this week, it has been all about the creation this week. Uh, straight back into it. I woke up on Monday and suddenly I realized it was Bandcamp Friday that had just come across. I was like, I haven't done anything like that for a while. So let's put something out. So by the end of Monday, I looked up one of my old project files and then all of a sudden Columbia came out. Um, and go. then since then, it's been Spectre's collaborative LP that he's putting out next month. And then there's our little uh, winter thing that we're putting out. It's been, a, it's been a week of just messing around with stuff, which is great. What about you? I'm basically the opposite, man. Uh, it's been all promo and just getting stuff ready with that release. I got the pre-order up for the Spectre collab yesterday. Uh, was blown away by the response, which is really cool. I uh, really appreciate everybody sharing it and, you know, listening to it, all that stuff. It's really cool. Um, and Spectre made the sick video for it. I did a couple of quick little performance things. Yeah, so it, it feels good to finally have that out into the world to some extent. I think there's four of the nine are out on Bandcamp, so yeah. Um, obviously, you've put, you've put what, Starstream and Travels in Parallel out, haven't you? Yeah, Travels in Parallel is a single... But I wanted the Bandcamp to have a little bit more, so I did Starstream and then the remix of each from Survey Channel and Star Madman. Yeah, and I mean it's great. I mean you've really really diversified the you made made as much as you can out of the EP as it is. You know, like you've taken uh, five tracks and all of a sudden it's nine tracks. Yeah, well it was more just like Spectre and I felt we had a lot of fun making it. We just kept trading ideas and being like, well, what if we do this? Or he sent me some samples for one song and I noticed the string section. So I chopped it up and made a new song out of it. And um, we just kind of wanted to elaborate on it and bring in some friends and see what they could do with it. Just to kind of make it more of a big collaborative effort rather than just he and I. Well, it's, I mean, it's great to see. I watched the, it premiered about four o'clock in the morning my time here. So I, I, I missed the premiere, but I kind of started watching it over over my morning coffee this morning. And I was just insane. He's done, it's such a good job. It's such a good little production. Yeah, it's sick. If you're sitting and you're doing all the promotion and you're sitting and doing all that, are you missing the kind of creative aspect of it all now? Yeah. I mean, I like I know I've mentioned before, every morning I create something, just hop on the keyboard or the guitar, and I haven't had a chance to do any of that. It's been a crazy week, so I'm hoping um similar to what fran was saying that taking a week off i'm just gonna have some ideas pour out of me and just you know let it go that's interesting i mean it's hopefully it can all kind of bottle up and you can kind of if you haven't had it for so long should we say like it'll all come rushing out of you yeah i mean i'm a little worried because i've had for the last couple of months i've had a lot of ideas coming out so you know usually it's ebbs and flows as a good friend says so uh, it may be one of my downward parts where i don't really have much creative and then i got this move coming up and that's okay you know it it'll come back and you just go with the flow yeah you have to like you can't put too much pressure on yourself to be creative and keep things going otherwise yeah. again you're hitting you're hitting that saying where as matt would say it's not part of the path is it yeah i mean it's it's got to be about having fun you know at the end of the day yeah. that's the point of it if you're not having fun if you haven't got a a clear directive and what you're trying to get out of it then there's no real point is there yeah and putting pressure on it like oh i've got to create something maybe instead of creating i'll just do some play-alongs with like my favorite albums or something like relearn parts from that just to practice you know different 
genres and stuff because most of my favorite al albums are not electronic music so <laughs> well you're a metalhead i mean i listen to a lot of stuff but i do love a lot of metal <laughs> <laughs> but uh staying on track on the note of uh keeping well and true as the paradox comes to be we have both sat down and will be sitting down with forest robots this week isn't that right yeah i appreciate you recognize the paradox this time i have i have brought you onto the path totally totally <laughs> I, I am so on that path but yeah um i'm happy to be here the um you have a little bio for forest robots is that correct i do indeed forest robots is the music project of la-based composer fran dominguez forest robots began as a love letter to his daughter about the wonders of nature a collection of photos stories and music called together in the hopes of instilling in her the benefits of connecting with nature now expanded as a public message, he hopes to instill the same sense of wonderment for nature to others. I think that might be the longest bio we've had thus far. We're only seven episodes in, but... No, it definitely is. And it's very imaginative. I appreciate that. It is. It's, it's, I mean, it's, I was going to say, it's, kind of, it's your kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's very fitting for his music, too. His music is full of imagery and, you know, basked in nature. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the entire thing, I mean, the entire concept of Forest Robots itself is one big story. They're all kind of little uh, messages to his daughter, as the bio said, and which in its own right is incredibly arty. It's not there for commercialism. It's not there to make any political point. It's just there as a piece of art in its own right. No, it's just a beautiful piece of escapism. And I love that it's written with a purpose, like a very personal purpose for him and for his daughter. Yeah, completely. Very excited to chat to. Should we cut to his feed? Yeah, let's do it. This week, we are sitting down with Forest Robots, who's kindly come down to sit on Discord with us. How are you? How you doing? Good, good. Good to see you guys. Good to meet you guys in uh, virtual person. Yeah, same, man. It's the, uh, it's the interview purely for the COVID era, really, isn't it, I suppose? It really is, yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we wanted to, we kind of wanted to take this from an angle of, this, you're, just for cl uh, context, I suppose, you would be, you're in the second, or the second rotation. So the, the first rotation finished yesterday, what day is it? It's Friday. Um, so Friday. The, the second rotation finished on Wednesday. And that was, like you say, that was Spectre Survey Channel, Star Madman, and then our roundup. And you are part of rotation two with uh, Letters for Mouse and yourself and, um, Oh, we 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 to be decided. But basically, we're we're looking at the as I as I said to you actually, I think I spoke to you about it on Instagram. The we're looking at um, the 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 place of promotion and record labels and stuff like that through with artists and their position in the in the world today. Um, we're going to get to it down the line. We're going to talk about your music first, and then we're going to have a, uh, we're going to segue into your promotion for after geography because. Um, yeah, of all that stuff, that kind of thing, because like I say, you've done, you've done, you've had quite the switch, and you've done exceedingly well with After Geography, which is all very much well deserved. Um, so for yeah, it's a great album, man. Thank you, thank you, appreciate it. Very uh, different place. It's, it's been resonating with a whole lot of people for sure. You know, I think uh, um, this album wasn't even wasn't even in existence uh, prior to. Uh, uh, April, you know, and I wasn't, oh, wow. I had, I had a different album altogether, uh, that I wanted to release before this, uh, or actually this year, just this year alone, I was going to release one album, 
this isn't it. <laughs> but it, but it, it was, it, you know, it's a sound that I've been working on uh, for since 2018, maybe 2017. But uh, I was still developing this sound, but it just, if something fell right with the pandemic, let me do something different right now. I, I just, I don't know if I want to release the album that I had planned. And uh, uh, so I, you know, it came, I put out these 10 demos together over a weekend and then I just kept polishing them for the next three weeks. And uh, honestly, I didn't think that it's, it's, it's different from the other stuff that I've done. And um, I didn't know how it was going to receive, be received. I thought it was going to be a quiet record, uh, literally and figuratively, you know. Uh, people were going to catch it, you know, and be like, oh, okay, this is nice. And then it was just going to uh, kind of uh, have a very quiet reception for it. And uh, just because everything else that I've released is, is so different from from after geography and so um it's been nice to see all the, you know people have related to it and uh, it has resonated with them and, uh, because that was, you know I, that was not my expectation for this album yeah the album has a very organic sound were you using a lot of hardware or simulations or what i was using mostly uh uh VSTs and uh, just uh, just piano, you know, and uh, yeah. you know a lot of uh, with the VSTs with the synths, the atmospheric stuff. That's all VST stuff, you know, and then just yeah. uh, overlaying it on top of the piano melodies. What piano VST were you using? Because it, it to me has that um, that one Aphex Twin album. Uh, what is it? Drugs. It the piano interludes have that same piano type of vibe to it. it it's reminiscent to it, isn't it? I, I use a lot of, it's it's just regular piano with a lot of effects on it. I use uh, a lot of the Clev Grand, a lot of the Clev Grand okay. uh, uh, effects and plugins, you know, it, it's an excellent uh, brand. I, I highly recommend Clev Grand. That, uh, their plugins uh, really beef up anything you put it on. You, know, you can put it on piano, you can put it on synths, you can put it on guitar. Uh, yeah. Just about anything, you know. And uh, uh, I do a lot of stuff with media. I, you know, I, I don't hold. I, I basically uh, I'm a piano player, and I do a lot of stuff with MIDI. But I, you know, MIDI help. You, you can play guitar with MIDI, you know. And so, uh, <laughs> which is what I do, you know. When it, the stuff that there's guitar in my music, it's all MIDI. And then I just play around with plugins and to give it a, a warm feel to it. And uh, people, you know, at the end of the day, people are just listening to the whole song as a whole and uh, they're enjoying it. And maybe later on they will think, oh, well, I wonder what kind of guitar he used. Well, I didn't. I just used MIDI. Sneaky. <laughs> I mean, you had me <laughs> right, fooled. Right. You had me fooled. I, I thought that was guitar all the way through. I mean, you had me completely fooled. No, every, every, <laughs> yeah, no, everything's, everything's MIDI, so... <laughs> I'm a MIDI guy. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> so your music has very deep associations with nature. Um, when you create a new song or a new album, are you specifically setting to trigger certain memories or just whatever comes to mind as you begin creating? Well, uh, usually when I'm uh, I'm hiking, you know, I, I have... Uh, a lot of time. You know, my hikes are anywhere from 12 to 18 hours. Sometimes 
the last hike I did over the summer, it lasted 24 hours. <laughs> I was hiking 24 hours nonstop. It, it was brutal. So you, you have a lot of time to think about things and uh, ruminate through your thoughts and whatnot. And uh, um, and usually, you know, you'll be hiking and you'll see something. You'll see the side of a mountain. It looks pretty unique. The geology of it looks really unique. And uh, uh, and all these memories kind of stay with you. Uh, or, you know, you'll, you'll thunderstorm approaches and you're trying to outrun the, the thunderstorm and uh, – uh, and all these thoughts are going through your head. And so uh, I, when I do music, I try to soundtrack these experiences. Uh, you know, growing up, uh, I grew up with a lot of classical soundtrack and, and 60s, 70s pop music. Uh, and so that's my influence has always been, uh, or a big influence has been soundtrack. And the uh, the effect that soundtrack has on, on, on movies and and anything on TV. So when I approach this music, it's usually uh, from the point of view of let me soundtrack this. Uh, you know, what's what's the soundtrack to this? What's uh, you know, I'm out there in, in the mountains and uh, I see this beautiful meadow, and I and I imagine, okay, what what would be the soundtrack to this? And so then I start processing uh, ideas and trying to figure out. Um, what what would sound what would a meadow sound like or how 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 does it trigger what kind of sounds uh, would make you think of that and uh, uh, and then you know that's that's the beginning of the process and then uh, just playing around with different instruments and seeing uh, experimenting with tonality with melody and trying to match that experience. Uh, based on, on, on the instruments that you're playing around with and what and how they match best to that experience. Okay, that's cool. That's I mean, <clears throat> when you say, because you say that you visualize it when you're there, I mean, I've seen, I've, I follow you on Instagram and I see quite a few, um, I've, I've, I remember quite clearly being quite jealous. I saw a photo of you, the bag, and you've got your OP1 sitting there. I think, oh, I got an OP1 sitting in the wilderness making stuff on an OP1. Are you... Are you taking time out from your hikes to kind of uh, to sit and write and put together some scratches, or is are you are you waiting till you go home to get that done? Oh, absolutely! Don't I don't have time to to sit down. I wish I would. I, I wish I would. I was the kind of person that would just go to the mountains and sit down because uh, I'm a peak bagger, and so when I go to the mountains, I want to get to that peak, or sometimes it's more than one peak, and. Uh, I'm a weekend warrior too, so that means that you know I go leave late Friday night, come back late Sunday night or early Monday morning, and then go back to work. Right. So, uh, what brought you to use music uh, to express the joys you find in nature? Well, you know, music has been a, a, a big part of uh, of my life. I um, my grandfather back in Mexico, he used to own a radio station. And uh, my mom was actually a DJ at that radio station. She had a number one radio show uh, back in the day when she was doing DJing. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, as it is with parents, you know, usually the parents, when they can, they take their kids to work with them. And uh, uh, I, was, I remember spending a lot of time going to the radio station and being absolutely bored because everybody's an adult and you have nothing to do there. 
And so, uh, but I, you know, the, the memories of being around that atmosphere of that energy, everybody's so excited about music and, and music's the number one thing that drives everybody there. And everybody's very passionate about music. Uh, so that, that passion and that sense of wonder for music has uh, stuck with me ever since. Not to mention that back then, you know, at that radio station, they had a huge library with LPs. And it was like walking into a record store, right? And they had all the LPs stacked in boxes alphabetically. And I remember they had, I believe it was either two or three booths. And these booths had a record player and they had uh, a speaker in them. And I remember uh, that they, they were used for the, the label, record labels. They would come in bringing the new album, the new single from the artist they were representing, and they would go into the booth and present the music to the DJ. And so uh, usually when I would go, these booths were empty. And uh, uh, so I would browse this library of LPs. And if something caught my eye, I would I'd get to go and listen, hang out in the booth and listen to it. So uh, you can imagine as a kid being exposed to hundreds and hundreds of records. So there were a lot of records from all kinds of genres. You, got, you had jazz, you had classical, you had pop, you had rock, you had metal. Uh, and not just English-based, English-speaking music, but also Spanish-speaking music as well. And... Uh, Growing, you know, growing up in that environment and, and being able to just pick up a record and have no preconceived judgment or, 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 or anything for this record. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, as you get older, you see a, a band's record and say, oh, no, I've heard this band sucks. So, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to give it a try, you know, but, you know, I, I'm six, seven years old. What do I know about bands being good or not? So you just go by the cover. You know, oh, this is a really cool cover. You discover you're listening to death metal or whatever, you know, <laughs> Quiet Riot or Slayer, you know. <laughs> and then, <laughs> right, and then you're listening to, uh, you're listening to, you go from that to listen to uh, uh, Miles Davis or John Coltrane, you know, or listening to the Beatles. Eventually, I, you know, it got to the point where, hey, I want to express myself through music, you know, and uh, growing up, I had piano lessons, and uh, uh, the connection was made some uh, uh, along the line. Hey, I can use this to express uh, myself musically, and and try to emulate these musicians that I've been exposed to, and uh, uh, so that's how I began. You know, the, the whole process of me being introduced to music, and eventually. Uh, playing music and eventually wanting to express myself through music. Uh, but um, there was a point, though, in my teenage years when we moved here to the States, and I, I had absolutely no instruments, uh, and, and I just sort of didn't do music for the longest time. But I fell in love with the written word. So I was doing a lot of writing uh, and then uh, a lot of lyric, lyric writing as well. Uh, and uh, uh, poetry, that kind of thing, and then uh, a lot of reading as well. So that's, that was my literature phase, you know, teenage years, early 20s. And then uh, 
around 24, 25, that's when I started, uh, that's when I discovered MIDI and, and, and how, how cheap it can be to start making music again with MIDI. Uh, I forget which year it was. I think it was, I think it was around 2003, 2004 when GarageBand came out. And so I used to spend hours on GarageBand playing around with MIDI and, uh, uh, and that's, that was, that's when I got back into music. That's when I started picking it up. And what was the original question again? I forget. <laughs> 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 Don't worry, man. That, that's an answer in its own right, man. It's okay. all good. No, just uh, from there, what led you to uh, use that to express and combine it with your love of nature? Well, I, my daughter being born, you know, I think it was, it was when the forest robots thing took off and uh, I hadn't come up with, you know, from 2004 to around 2014, that's when my daughter was born, I would just create demos. I had no intention of releasing any music. I did, uh, I did release one album previously back in 2005. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, it did pretty good, but you know, I was like, okay, I got it, I got over it. You know, I, I did some promotion with on it. You know, I, I was on local radio stations, did some performances, but uh, it was just something that uh, you know, it was, it was. I did it. I'm kind of done with it. I, I don't need to do it again. I'll just keep making music on my own. And uh, but then when my daughter was born, uh, you know, I had been doing all this hiking all this time. I, I picked up hiking. Again, I used to do it on and off growing up, but then I, I picked it up again in around 2007. Hiking is a big part of me. Being in nature is a big part of me. And 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 music is obviously, as I previously mentioned, it's a big part of me. So I think it was inevitable that eventually these two things would uh, meld together. And then with the birth of my daughter, I thought, you know, what's a, uh, what's a good great way to pass on that love of nature to her, you know? And I had, a, like this time when she was born, I had amassed thousands of pictures that I've taken throughout the years of, from hiking. And I've compiled also quite a few uh, hiking stories as well. Uh, and uh, uh, and I thought, you know, wouldn't it be great if I, uh, that's my legacy to her, passing on the importance of nature, the importance of connecting with nature, the importance of understanding nature. I'd like to talk about After Geography, if that's okay. Um, that's, yeah. your, that's your latest release. Um, and it is, uh, it's, I mean, it's received a lot of traction, quite, like I said before, quite rightly so. Um, it is a very, um, it's a very sonic shift. Or what, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complete sonic shift from what you have done before. Um, I was curious, how did that come about? Is that a conscious decision that you'd made or is that something that just naturally came to be? As I previously mentioned to you guys, you know, from 2007 to about 2014 when my daughter was born, I had um, uh, quite a, I had amassed quite a amount, quite a big number of demos, you know, a lot of demos. And I've been working my way through all these demos that I have. And um, while it does seem like it's a drastic change, it's, it's, it's a sound that I've been working on since about 2017, 2018. And in fact, if you go back to uh, the second album, Timberline and Mountain Crest, there is a song there 
which uh, it's it wasn't going to make it on the album, which makes it all the more ironic that it's my most popular song on Spotify. It has had about thirty thousand streams on it, and, and and it's a short composition. I think it's about under four minutes, or maybe about four minutes. And it wasn't gonna, even going to be in that album, but that is the genesis of of, of after geography. You could say that that uh, that that's the clue where I started. I had been working on this kind of sound and refining this kind of sound, uh, which eventually became after geography. And I, by March. I was really getting the hang of that sound. So all the production techniques that you hear on After Geography, I had them down by March uh, of this year. And so I had been working this last couple of years on it. And by March, I thought, okay, this is the kind of sound, production sound uh, techniques that I want to do, uh, I'm going to be using when I fully commit myself to make an album sound in that vein. Um, and, you know, then March, the pandemic happened. Everything was thrown out the window. I wasn't even sure that I wanted to release anything this year at all. It just didn't seem prudent to release anything. So depriving myself of, of that creative outlet for about two months, when I went back in in, uh, in May, everything just started pouring out with this new, the fact that I had no deadlines, I had no pressure you know, it was just everything. Just see, let's see what, what comes up. And uh, this never happens where I come up with 10 demos in a weekend, or at least it hadn't happened before, where I came up with 10 demos and I just stay focused on those 10 demos. And I said, I'm just going to focus on these 10 tracks. If I, if I can put together an album with this, that's great. If not, then I'll work on additional demos. And but everything just worked so great. I, you know, the fact that uh, I deprived myself of making that creative outlet for two months, and then I had this. Um, I was trying something new, and uh, uh, really worked together. And and then you know, just the pressure of the pandemic. You know, everything just poured out of me. Was this your first release with the label, or were your other? Yes, it, it was. No, no, I was not. I've never been on labels before, and and actually. I had planned to release this uh, uh, independently, like I done the previous albums. Right. But unbeknownst to me, when I started sending out the album for for people to hopefully review, for uh, consideration for reviews or for radio airplay, unbeknownst to me, I sent it to Paul, which is the head of Wormhole World, which released the album, and he took a listen to it. And you know, he um, I sent to him for him to review. He's got this website that. He also does reviews as well, and uh, but I didn't know the two of them were connected. I thought it was a different poll, and uh, uh, by this time, you know, I had known a, a poll as from his website, and then Paul from Warm Home World. I didn't realize it wasn't two polls; it was the same poll. Anyways, I sent it to him, and he got back to me and said, "Hey, have you thought about releasing this album uh, on CD?" And I was hesitant. Mostly because I didn't want him to end up with a bunch of unsold copies of After Geography, so I was trying to be mindful of him. You know, I, I that's very conservationist you know, of you. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's the affectation. You know, of seeing something that you've done, 
in 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 physical form. You know, it's, I, I won't I will admit that there's, it's very nice, but at the same time, um, you know, there's so many people that stream or or purchase stuff digitally. And before talking to Paul, my views were pretty jaded on that. I thought, oh, you know, there's no point in releasing anything physical. Most people just listen to stuff on their phones, you know. They buy it digitally or they stream it. And Paul said, well, why don't we do a small run, you know? And uh, I said, well, okay, well, you know what? After Geography would be a nice record to, 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 to have. You know, I can give it to my daughter and she can have it in her room. And I'll give it to one to my wife because she... She's a therapist as well, and so she uses this sort of music, uh, you know, instrumental music to to do meditation exercises with her clients. So I thought, oh, it'd be great, you know, and and, and for for them too to have it, you know, not, not even not even for me, you know, it's like I have the album in my computer, you know. <laughs> I was thinking of it, but I thought, you know, it'd be nice to have a couple of copies, one for my daughter, one for my wife, and so. Uh, you know, we, I went ahead and he, uh, and you know, he, Paul is such a great guy. You know, he, uh, very professional, you know, very down to earth. Um, and he really eased me into the whole process of, of, of this, you know. And uh, uh, when we, you know, the word got out that he was, you know, releasing this album, uh, he pretty much sold out right away in the, the first batch that he made. And I, and I went back to him and I said, Hey, you know the album isn't even out yet. I'm, uh, you know, uh, we still a month to go. Do you want to, uh, you know, do you want to make another pressing of this? And uh, because uh, there's a lot of reviews that are going to come up in the in the coming weeks, and you know, it, it, it might entice people to 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 buy it. And he said, Yeah, let's do it. You know, sounds like a good idea. And so he did the second pressing, and by the time of the album release. Uh, we had sold out again, and that was in August 28th. And then uh, I think a week later, two weeks later, it was when Bandcamp Daily featured the album. And so I said, hey, a third pressing? <laughs> and he said, let's, let's do it. And, you know, so many people from Bandcamp Daily came over and purchased the album. And so I think there's only nine copies left now, and uh, and then in the process between Camp Van Camp Daily, uh, the album was featuring Kexp, and so that was a pretty big deal as well, you know, uh, getting played over there, and I think that led to a few sales as well, and then then after that came the review in Electronic Sound magazine, uh, which is also a fantastic. Magazine, you know, and uh, you know, I, I call it the Rolling Stone of electronic magazine, uh, electronic music. You know, nice. uh, it's, it's it's such an amazing. I mean, their articles, you know, uh, their features on artists and stuff. Uh, it's such a great honor to be in in that uh, in that magazine. You know, it's it's very humbling that uh, I sent it out and it was uh, it was well received. You know, and where they uh, they said, you know, let's put it up there. You know, let's write a review. And all those things just sort of uh, led up to to the album almost being sold out for its third pressing, which I think we're that's it. You know, for anybody listening who hasn't purchased the album, that's it. The third pressing is the final pressing. We're not going to do any more pressing, so get it now because it'll be gone forever. <laughs> you say that, but I have a feeling, knowing the history, you're going to go, "Hey, Paul, 
Let's have a talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, but I think, you know, I, I think we've reached, you know, bearing any other great breakthroughs, you know, in terms of publicity, you know, I, I think we're going to call it a day for, for now, you know, uh, yeah. and, uh, and just focus on the digital side of it. But, uh, uh, and then just kind of, whoever didn't get it, you know, that's your bad. You had about two months to get it. <laughs> you, you, you have to make some things unattainable after a while. So you drive yeah, up. Definitely. Internet, it keeps right? exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you want, you, well, I mean, I think there's a thing to be said about creating limitations around things, you know? Right. And also, you know, me, me again, being mindful, I don't want Paul to end up with a bunch of stacks from the fourth pressing sitting in his living room, you know? <laughs> you hit your limit. Three is the one. Three is the one. Three is the or, or have him... Or, or even worse, have him send me all those copies to me. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You can make a nice like. I'll be walking. Thought. I'll be walking right. Well, I'll be walking around the neighborhood just handing them out. Hey, you guys interested for a copy? <laughs> they make they make great coasters, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. On that on that note, uh, just to uh, just to uh, finalize things a little bit here. Um, you mentioned how um, obviously it has had a great run and it has been very successful in its own right. How much of the success would you put down to um, work uh, working from the record label and how much of it down is to your own volition through submissions and sending your work out to radio stations, etc.? Paul reached out to me. I was already in the process of uh, sending out the album. I had been sending out the album for about a month and a half. And uh, um, before Paul, you know, like I said, he runs this review site as well. And so I had sent it to him already, just like everybody else. And I had been doing that for about a month and a half. And um, so the only, I, I think the, the, the positive thing of working with him was that he has an established fan base that follow his label. And those are people that perhaps I wouldn't have been able, not necessarily would have been able to reach out to. Uh, and, and so the benefit of working with Paul is that he has this audience as well, that he, uh, they keep in touch with him, that are aware of his label, follow his label. But in, in regards to all this other, in regards to radio airplay and uh, and the magazines and and Bandcamp, that was basically things that I had already put into motion about a month and a half before uh, we had decided to put the album on the label. Um, but you know what? I I don't know if it's if it's just perceived or not, but I, I I do perceive that perhaps being on a label does legitimize your intentions as an artist uh, in the eyes of other people. Okay. And and so I and but that's my perception. It, it, it I may have had the same amount of success without working with Paul. I don't know. Up to this point, uh, every album that I've released has been more successful than the last one. And so, um, but again, uh, people may have this bias of, oh well, you know, he's with the label. <laughs> uh, so you know, it must be getting pretty serious. And uh, which I, I think is it's definitely subjective. You know, I, I think most people, most, you know, you working on your music, you're putting in as much passion as someone who's working in a label, to be honest with you. 
uh, that's that's my assessment of it. So uh, if anything, it's more of a the bias in the industry of oh well he's with the label, you know. But uh, even artists that are on labels, uh, you know, especially on independent labels, they for the most part do a great deal of their publicity themselves. Um, you know, and just from talking to other people that are on independent labels, you know, uh, um, when I see their albums, you know, they, when I see albums that have a great response, you know, I, I, I reach out to these folks and say, Hey, that, you know, you're doing great, you know, and, uh, and they come back and tell me, yeah, you know, I, I still do a lot of stuff, not a lot of promotion. I do it myself. Uh, I get help from the label. Uh, but you know, I, I put in a great deal of work as well. On a social level, where can anyone listen to this and they want to find out more about Forest Robots? Where can they find you, friend? On the internet. I heard we were running short of time, so I figured just internet. Uh, no. No, but you can find <laughs> You were running short of time but, like uh... 50 minutes ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> You can find Forest Robots on Bandcamp. Just uh, put it on the search bar and you will find it right away. You can find it on all the digital streaming platforms like uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime, uh, Napster. The title, Deezer, uh, um, all the other ones that are out there. You know, there's uh, so many. It's hard to keep up. You can also find it. Uh, you can also go to forestrobots.com. And you can find videos there, the music as well. Uh, you can find reviews for the album. And you can find the outlinks to all these digital platforms that are out there where you can find the music. Well, Fran, it's great talking to you. I feel like we could talk forever. Yes, it's, but, uh, it's, it's uh, been amazing uh, talking to you guys, finally getting to see you guys in person. You know, I, I feel like I've met yeah. so many people through, through Twitter, you know, so many musicians, so many artists. But... Uh, this talking to you guys, seeing you guys' faces, your expressions, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's very nice. You know? Yes, game. exactly. And so, and, uh, and yeah. you know, I, thank you so much for having me here. You know, it was, it was great talking to you guys. No, and thank I you. feel like, I feel like I, 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 we should have a podcast for you guys. You guys talk about your music. So if you guys want me to replace one of you guys and we interview one of you guys, let me know. Cause I would definitely like to have, a podcast about you guys uh, uh you know an episode where you guys get to talk about your music and your process and uh, uh just you know I've, I've listened to the previous four and uh, i feel like okay let, you know i I'd, I'd like to ask you this guy some questions too you know they, uh, they got some interesting uh stuff going on musically so um, you're actually not so the first yeah, person anyways. to say that so maybe it's something that we have to sit on the board meeting uh we have to put, it, guys, put it on the board <laughs> <laughs> Next staff meeting, we'll we'll talk it. But we'd love to have you back on, regardless, whether it's in that manner or another one. But yes, uh, yeah, if you'd sure. love, we'd love to have you come back on. Yes, definitely. Lovely sitting down with Forest Robots. He's always got a story. I mean, his whole music is a story. Well, this is very fair. This is very fair. It makes sense then that his interview would be very storytelling, and it's a wonderful one at that. Yeah. No, it was great to hear about what made his music what it is and why it's the way it is. You know, like way back into his childhood and stuff like that. And to see where he came from, from the radio stations back in Mexico all the way up through here, you really get a sense of the man's, not just the man's musical project, but how it has come to be in its own right. Yeah, and his love of music and how this project is is way to express that. 
after geography is unlike anything else out there at the moment and it must have taken a lot of gut should we say to kind of just switch tail so quickly yeah definitely and i mean just from a production standpoint i'm blown away that it's almost all or is all midi that's crazy i never would have guessed i never would have guessed no i was thinking he was sitting at some old piano with like a couple microphones no no it's all there it's all there it's all plugins it's all midi it's mental but that just speaks to the the skill of the production because like when i hear it i'm just imagining someone sitting you know playing a little piano i know it's beautiful it's beautiful we will be back for more next week in the meantime however you can find us on instagram and twitter at audionautic sounds and audionautic respectively we'll have new episodes every wednesday at 3 p.m utc 